Welcome to The Dead Format, episode 108. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the overheated and disgruntled Tom Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. Oh, it's brutal. Like, 90-something degrees here today. We've had people in and out of the house doing some stuff all day. I'm sweaty and tired, and yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. So I actually said tonight, just by, like, force of routine or whatever, force of habit, but we're actually recording during the day. It's, like, 3 o'clock, 3.40. I, I know. Are you feeling better? Yeah, dude. I, I didn't really sleep on Sunday night was the problem. I was kind of uh, on a deadline, and you know how that goes sometimes. Yep. No, I hear you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I I was just way overtired, basically, and wasn't really feeling it, so I... Uh, I'm glad you could audible, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, I have I've absolutely been there before. Yeah. Yeah, like during the summer I'm not doing anything. This is this is perfect. Well, you gutted it out one episode recently. You were like, "Oh man, I I can't make it or something." Do you remember this? It was like a few, I don't know. I remember I there was one episode where I just felt awful. Where like my face was just like draining itself and I was a mess, but yeah, you were like, I'm not coming. Uh, and then I was like, oh, dude, our guest, whoever our guest... Oh, it was Tom Cairns. It was the last time Tom Cairns was on. I was like, man, he was really looking forward to recording with you. Yep. Oh, I remember now. I, I do remember. I had I to edit that. like me sneezing and coughing quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, man. So so what's been up? What have you been doing, man? Playing, uh, playing WoW? You going back to school still? Yeah. Uh, so my district announced that we're going to be full remote. So we start August 31st. And we have, like, two weeks without the kids to get ready for it. And then the kids come in for an in-person orientation, and then they go home. And we reevaluate the end of November. So I'm actually pretty excited. That's a pretty big departure from what you thought, right? Oh, yeah. I thought we were going to be back in school for for sure. So it it seems like our district is going to make the teachers come in still. So we're going to be teaching remotely, but we're going to be doing it from the school. Because they want to make sure everybody's still coming to work and... They want, like, accountability for the teachers. So, um... And you have, like, I, a blackboard and shit, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, you're not going to set up a webcam, point it at the blackboard, and have the audio be good and everything. Like, I bought a, I bought a drawing tablet and a bunch of stuff that I'm going to be using, but, um... I think it's more that they don't want the community to be like, look at these teachers still getting paid, right, sitting at right. home, not doing anything. Like, I, I think it's really for that. Oh, uh, that's true. That's a good point. So, it is what it is. Is that yeah. like all of Massachusetts? I'm sure our listeners really care about this. Actually, honestly, half our listeners are probably in Massachusetts, so maybe they do. Uh, so right, like that, uh, that's just our district. So it's just Lynn that um, that announced that. I'm sure other districts will be doing similar things, but it's like a it's like a town by town choice. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what Watertown's doing. I don't know. It, like it's everybody's starting to make their decisions now. So, um, so there's like public outcry from both sides yeah, and, uh, and I get it, but I don't know what Watertown is doing. Bro, I've had, uh, probably my least productive two days in, of the whole summer these past two days because I can't stop following the fucking news on the, the college football season. Oh, it's not going to happen. Well, so the big 10, I don't know if you, have you been following it? Well, I know the Mac announced that they were completely postponing. Well, the Ivy League, first the Ivy League pulled out. Then the that Mac- was a while ago, though. Yeah, that was when I was still yeah. in Massachusetts. And when that happened, I made a bet with my father-in-law that the uh, the Big Ten would still play football. And obviously I, I lost that bet because yesterday the Big Ten, it leaked that they weren't going to play football. Yep. And then the ACC and SEC were basically like, no, we're still playing. And then the Big Ten announced that they hadn't actually made any announcements, so it seemed like they were backpedaling. Mm-hmm. And now, just now, they announced that they're not playing officially. So you yeah, think that I mean, nobody's going to play? I I think that nobody is going to play. And if there is anybody who does play, it's just going to be the SEC. Because they have, like, they have professional size budgets to actually be able to pull off all the stuff. But, like... There, a bunch of those programs have been doing their off-season workouts, and there's been outbreaks at like every school. No. So I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna try to play, but it's not gonna end up working out. Like BC, 
BC's had their programs been up for three weeks now, and there hasn't been a positive test yet. I was talking about just the SEC. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Because, like, Notre Dame and BC, they've, they've both been, you know, on track to play, and they haven't had a single positive test up till now. Um, you know, so basically they're saying they're still going to play the season. Okay. It's, it's really interesting, man, like, what's, what's going to happen and following it. Obviously it's interesting. Like, I can't fucking pull myself away from it. Uh-huh. Yep. We'll see what happens when the actual season's ready to kick off. I think there's going to be lots of individual schools that end up pulling out uh, a quarter halfway through the season just because of situations that come up. Even, like, Major League Baseball has had teams that have gotten shut down for for an extended period of time. It's um it's going to be even worse in football. Bro, so I don't have cable uh, at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And I... Like, I know basketball and baseball are playing again. Yeah. But I haven't seen a single game or followed it at all, really, so... Oh, I've watched I watched a few um, Celtics games and a few other NBA games from the bubble. My mom was actually in the uh, the virtual stands on Sunday because she has uh, Celtics season tickets, and season ticket holders get to uh, zoom in, and they project the zoom onto the side of the screen. Oh, that's pretty so, sweet. Yeah, watching watching on TV, seeing my mom cheering in a Kevin Garnett jersey, it was kind of fun. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. I saw Andrew Yang did that. Nice for, a, uh, for uh, I think it was a Red Sox game. I'm not sure. Bro, yeah, the Red, did him I dirty. think the Red Sox not... have they have cutouts of people in the monster seats. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Bro, they're not letting Yang speak at the DNC. Um, so I I honestly haven't been following the political landscape as closely as I had in the past because of like because of who's running. I, I'm interested to see who Biden's running mate is, but I'm like I'm almost positive that I'm voting for Biden anyway, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I wanted to congratulate first of all leaving a legacy on three hundred episodes. We both contributed little clips to that. And uh yeah, that's that's incredible man, three hundred episodes, obviously. Imagine doing that for like six years. That's that's crazy. I can't it imagine is. doing this for two years, but we did it. It's, it's like I, doing three of what we did. It's insane. I looked on Spotify too, and if you put all their episodes end to end, you and just listen to them like you know without sleeping or anything, it's basically like three weeks of podcasts. <laughs> Bro, so I got back on Moto this weekend, and I actually got back just in time because I didn't realize that the qualifier points were expiring. Yep. I had 109, which was kind of an awkward number to have because they're in groups of 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I joined like a, a limited showcase challenge on Sunday with, with QPs, which was like a double master's sealed. I opened a mm-hmm. force of will and some other shit, but nice. I do, didn't do too well in the sealed. I like you get double the rares, and I only had two playable rares, so some of the decks oh, I got rough. I got blown out by like you know Karn Liberateds and shit, people who just had disgusting decks. But yeah, but to be drafting nuts. that in paper coming up, I can't wait. Oh right, yeah, sick, bro. So the other thing was uh, the Legacy Showcase Challenge. Unfortunately, went off the exact same time as the limited showcase challenge. So I didn't want to double queue, even though my internet is better now. Uh, I didn't want to double queue because I'm still sort of uh, figuring out playing on, not on a tablet. Yep. And I didn't really have a deck ready. So I just ran through like one legacy league, but obviously we had the showcase challenge go off with 211 players. And we're going to talk about that. But first I just wanted to mention to you, have you seen like what's going on with the prices of dual lands right now? So I haven't, um, I haven't been t- paying as close attention to MTG Finance as I usually do. Yeah. Um, since I moved, my cards have basically like sat in a closet, and it's just such a massive undertaking for me to go in there and go through and sort all of the ones that I want to keep and the ones that I don't. So they're just like sitting, and I, I know that I need to do that eventually, but I don't, I don't know what's been happening with the prices. Uh, I don't know the trends and direction, and it's like, that's something that I used to be on top of. Yeah, bro, me too, and we used to talk about this a lot, so it kind of makes sense, but 
I've really uh, not paid any attention for a while, and I haven't. I honestly haven't touched my cards since I got out here. Obviously, and there's no reason I would, you know, really. So I was. Just I think thinking, it's going to take like a COVID vaccine for everybody to get back into it. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, it, by the time I leave Cleveland, if there will have been any events that I even could have played in, so I think uh, it seems like a good time to sell cards, right? I mean. It, we get like stimulus checks or unemployment benefits and everything are going on right now and maybe what? maybe the next round of stimulus if they yeah. announce like another check for everybody that's the time you put your cards up there and uh the people can pick them up yeah but the price of dual lands bro i wasn't even aware of this until i talked to our friend jim jim not dredge yesterday called me to ask me if I wanted to buy his alpha deck because he's selling out again of, of cards in general. Does he? He doesn't have alpha dual lands, does he? No, but he has he has like a, a lot of a lot of black rares. He has a, a set of hippies. He's got maybe six Singir vampires and dark rituals and that's beautiful. JM Day Tome, I know he has. So I I passed, but he's selling. His cards, and he was going to sell them to Card Kingdom, just like buy list or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have bayous. And he's like, dude, nobody has bayous. So I was looking online yesterday. Bro, like none of the big vendors have dual lands anymore. Like Star City, Card Kingdom. They just don't exist. It's fucking insane. And there's well, like 50 copies on TCG Player of revised duels. And the prices are close to twice what I thought they were. Well, that's that's good for me to hear, but those places haven't been the spots to pick up dual lands for a while. Like, I, I can imagine people going to Star City back when Star City had their Legacy series, but everything, at least to me, everything now happens through Facebook groups. Like, I'm still part of all of those groups, and I see my friends' sale posts. Yeah. Um, it's just like, you you cut out a chunk of the markup when you do that. Right. And when you take a look at some of these people who sell cards online, they have the reputations that vendors do. Like some of a them lot have times they are better, vendors. better reputations than vendors do. So you, um, uh, as, I guess, as long as you can take care of the shipping now, uh, it's well, much yeah, better just to buy on Facebook. That's what I, stole, I was going to say. I stole that because you had it in your cast notes, and I was like, "This is a perfect, perfect time to talk about it." Yeah, bro. So that's that's what I was going to say. Is what I was talking to Jim about, like you know, trading on. The old school Discord or the Alpha Discord or whatever, if you know, if he had looked into that, and he's like, "Dude, I don't want to take a chance," because he was telling me about these shipping problems, and I looked into it today, and like, I ordered a a bed frame and some shit. Our friend Tom Cairns was telling me about this with some shit he ordered, but basically, a lot of the furniture we ordered for the for the house, we ordered like one week to to ten days ago, and yeah. it still hasn't like doesn't have a tracking number. Or anything. Yeah, uh, we're getting ready for like, um, I don't know, I don't want to call it COVID round two, but like, we're we're stocking up again, getting ready for the fall and the winter. So we bought uh, freezer chests that we're going to put in the basement that we'd have an extra room for like frozen meats and all that stuff. Are those the ones and, that open from the top? Is that yeah, the ones that open is? from the top. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we bought them on Amazon, and I bought them July 16th, uh, emailed them. Didn't put a shipping number in, just got refunded. Like, it was a mess. But all my smaller shipments have have managed to, like, get here. But the big stuff uh, was delayed, like, a week or two. It was it was crazy. Yeah, bro. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I I really don't know. And, like, I tried to, to go out to stores to buy this shit. And they just, they were like, oh, we have to order it. It's going to be, like... And they would give you a quote. And you're like, is that true? Is it really going to be here in two days or whatever? And they'd be like, honestly, a lot of stuff's been more like four to eight days or ten days. It's, it's scary. Yeah, I think it's just like the... I don't know. You have you have personnel issues with shipping. You have availability issues. Everything has sort of gotten scaled back. So um, it, it makes sense that things take a little bit longer to get here than they did before. But I, I absolutely noticed that for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. I was looking on the, I guess it was just the the regular Magic Reddit group today, doing the cast notes, and there was why, one. Why? 
I know. Oh, but I guess it's research. You're doing your yeah, job. Yeah, doing the research. Yeah, you're and right. the, one of the uh, sellers was talking about being a TCG seller and having only had issues on 1% of his sales ever with shipping. And now for like the, the month of July and August, it's up to 25%. Wow. And that's fucking I, insane, bro. Yeah, I've seen way more pictures of cards getting mangled going through the rollers now than I ever have been. But I mean, like, I don't want to tie this back to politics, but there's been some issues going on with the Postal Service that have not all been COVID-related. And uh, I think we're starting to see the shake back from that. Yeah, like, uh, the mail it. Uh, we're going to have a huge election where a bunch of people are going to be mailing in their votes. Yeah, I know. And the postal service is the least functional it has been in like in its entirety. It really is kind of scary right now. Like the uh, and and you, I have to imagine. I haven't seen any statistics on this, but I have to imagine the volume is probably up a lot because a lot of people don't want to go out, don't want to shop for you know. A lot yep. of people are just using Amazon or, or Peapod or whatever, the grocery service or whatever. Yeah. A lot more often than usual. So the volume's probably up. The the workers are, if anything, down, right? And it's it's just uh it's it's gotta be a lot of strain on the system and I think we're seeing that. So maybe these vendors are pulling their higher cost inventory offline purposely, you know? Maybe I mean you can you can set different sh- different shipping options with TCG Player. Like if you're selling a five hundred dollar dual land, you might as well send it UPS with tracking. True. And I don't think the 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 smaller packages from those vendors have had huge issues. You know what I'm saying? Like FedEx. So maybe and UPS. the pricing on TCG Player reflects the fact that they're going to do that either way. It might. Maybe the increased prices like factors in the shipping. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Because I do. Like- it's like, why would people be running on dual lands right now, you know? Well, they're not buying them. Supplies dried up. Uh, the I guess with the, the limited number of paper events that happen, or are happening, the liquidity in the dual land market would seem to be at the lowest point, because people aren't going out. They're Like like you and me, they're sitting in our closets right now. Yeah, that's what and, you think. Yeah, there's no, like, there's no uh, impetus to pull them out. Or, or do anything like that. So, like, if you don't have those cards flowing, there's no new supply of them. It's not double masters. You can't just print, like, double the foil copies of everything. Right. Um, it kind of makes sense to me. Bro, have you opened any double masters yet? No, but I've seen the packs and I'm going to open. Matt okay. Matt put a picture of them in the Discord. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. I, I can't wait to play it. The cards seem... Like, I know that the cards are good. It, it's going to feel so bad to buy a pack like that and get like a like a all trash rare pack because yeah. some of the rares in the set are just like absolutely god awful and you're spending so much on a pack that i feel like that that feeling is going to be worse for consumers than the ones that open up a pack and get like like foil foil full art brainstorm and whatever it's just like I I don't know. I'm not sure how it's going to be received, but but I think foil flower brainstorm is a miss, bro. Like that's only sixteen bucks right now. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I guess the actually... art is like really shitty, and nobody really wants it. Well, yeah, for sure, but also like it, it's in a rare slot apparently. Okay. Or so like uh, I don't know. I was just hearing some people talk about it. Basically, like brainstorm and crop rotation are the worst things you can get in that slot. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I assumed yeah. that it would be sort of like the expedition slot where if you had a treatment of those cards, it would be it would be outstanding. But Right, so I that's what it is, true. but those are the only cards that aren't rares in that slot, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of it's wild. Like, the some of the cards look good, I've seen. Like, you know, obviously people posting images of, like, Sword of Feast and Famine or Force of Will or whatever. Sort of feast and famine. There's like the judge art. There's the expedition or masterpiece or whatever it's called. Invention I like art. I like the judge foil old border. Yeah, that's the, that's my favorite one. Then there's like this new new one. It's like how many premium versions are these cards gonna get, right? And it started like it started me off thinking about this like tangent of shrinkflation. Like you know what shrinkflation is? 
Uh, I think that you're going to explain it to me right now. So, yeah. So basically, when I started buying Magic cards, a pack of Revise was two ninety five, And now a pack of, you know, Core 2021 or whatever is three ninety nine. So it's it's gone up, you know, thirty three percent. But the price of like less than actual inflation though. Oh, by by a mile. So okay. like the cost of like a McDonald's meal or whatever is like two or three hundred percent up since then. Like, you know, this you can't trust the CPI because they, they always jack up those numbers, but or jack down those numbers, I guess I should say, but Basically, the price of any consumer good you can think of, like a cable subscription, is up 200% since then. So Magic Packs haven't gone up that much. So I started to think about, like, a lot of companies, what they do, and, like, the classic example is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. They they don't actually up the retail price. What they do is they just make the cups smaller. And a lot of times they keep the packaging the same size. But, like you notice when you open it like they're smaller than they used to be and every year they get like one millimeter smaller instead of raising the price right so you sit they save money on that end as opposed to like putting it at a higher price point okay so don't don't blow my mind right now but the 99 cent arizona iced tea have those cans no they're getting smaller over time or no that's like the one example and it's so crazy because i've been buying a ton of those out here it's so funny <laughs> you mentioned that because they have the Arnold Palmers everywhere here. Yep. I, I like the, the diet green tea. But they've been 99 cents since I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. And that's like one example that is not this. Because I think they're, they've are they always been 20 ounces and they still are. But uh, I notice it with, with like buying tins of, of Copenhagen or Skull or whatever. Okay. They get a little bit smaller every year. and So it's, have it's Reese's peanut butter cups really gotten smaller? Bro, they're like half the size they used to be. I just thought that I was getting bigger in my perception. <laughs> have Reese's. You know, the first thing that pops up, I all I've typed is have Reese's. And it's have Reese's cups gotten smaller. Yeah, bro. So it's like this the shrinkflation is what it's called. So we're like they're responding to inflation, but not by not bringing up their price. Okay. And I was thinking about this with magic cards and like, you know, they, they went to like the awful printers for a while. They were like all bendy and bad colored and everything. And, but the, the price of magic cards, you know, they can, they can cut the production costs and it's still not exactly the same as like Reese's pieces or something, right? The, the percentage mm-hmm. that's of, of the product cost is nowhere near the same. So like the, the packs, right. That you're buying. It's kind of like shrinkflation how they're doing it now with reprinting all these premium versions of new cards. Because like, if you go after this sort of feast and famine, there's just going to be a nicer one in two years, right? Like, or, or just more premium versions of this card where there only used to be zero or one premium version of cards. Now there's tons, and like, you see it. I, I was just looking at prices on TCG Player. Like the foil stone forge mystics in the new set are the same prices as the normal ones. Are the what about the GP promos? I don't know. I, I don't know about the GP promos, but there's like a, a box topper version in this new set. Oh, but you know what I mean? Like the uh, there's so many premium versions. Basically, like if you buy a pack back then, you could get like you know cards like Plateau or whatever that would hold their value for a long time, like re- reserve list or you know whatever reason, just scarcity. Yep. Now, if you if you buy like a a pack and get a chase rare, there's it's likely going to get banned or just <laughs> or reprinted in the future with a different version to drop exactly. the price down anyway. If right, it doesn't like, get banned or whatever, then it's just going to get reprinted. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think we all understand that the value of recently printed cards is not holding like it used to because of. A whole bunch of reasons so yeah. they have to they have to do whatever they can to maintain sales yeah bro it's pretty wild like i i don't really think about this stuff as much as i used to same like you i guess i used to like look at stocks every day but now it's sort of just like in the back of my mind but i i definitely feel the pressure and when jim was telling me about why he was selling out i was kind of like shit man i, I kind of need to think about this too yeah but that's they can't do that with the older cards. 
Oh right? no no no! no. Like, that's, I'm not, that's I'm not trying of... to sell dual lands. Not oh okay okay okay. Like I I would 100 percent be on board with selling like recent stuff too. Yeah. It's just like you're you're not gonna have a card that was printed in the last three years. One day you like look at your closet and you're like, wow, that's thirty bucks. Like there's not gonna be a um uh fuck. What's that green green enchantment that gives you mana at the beginning of the main phase? Carpet, Carpet flowers. flowers. Yeah, there, there's not going to be a carpet of flowers now because they're printing so many of these that, like, dealers have all of these cards stocked, like, hundreds of copies that people aren't buying that are just going to sit in a box somewhere and they're never going to be worth any money. So you say that, but also Allosaurus Rider is $85 right now. I mean, it's not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it might be on TCG Player. Yeah. But that's the, uh, that's the combo card where you can sort of, like, tinker out Grizzlebrand. No, it's like no, seven. it's the elf, Elves card. Allosaurus Rider? Or oh, Alice, the I'm one sorry, mana I'm guy. Sorry, what am, what am I Shepherd. thinking of? Allosaurus Rider. I, 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 I'm i an idiot. I said the wrong card. Okay, yeah, you're, you're talking about the Shepherd. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But they'll, they'll just reprint it. I know what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, dude, we should probably get into the challenge before we uh, waste any more time. Yeah, let's do it. So the challenge, as I mentioned, 211 players, which is pretty consistent, bro. Every time these fire, they seem to be going off with about the same number of people. Uh, it was won by Stefano with Bant Snow, mm-hmm. which was a pretty typical, like, uh, Snow Miracles. Like, I believe it was three Terminus version, uh, six Planeswalkers total, uh, three Okos, one Teferi, one Narset, one Jace, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Four Coatles, two Snaps, and one Uro, and one Entreat the Angels. But it's basically just the Snow Miracles deck that we've been seeing, right? Yeah, I mean, I I don't see anything in here that's super crazy. Maybe the Peacekeeper in the sideboard, but we we kind of saw that yep. with um with the original Drazi deck and Miracles decks trying to fight that way back in the day, and the Vile deck too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The other thing, uh, the I'm sorry, the opponent in the final was DM4X with uh, Blue Black Shadow, and this person went 8-0 and through the Swiss, I should add. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I still wouldn't want to bring Death Shadow to an event, but it's been seeing a ton of play online. Yeah, it does seem, I mean, obviously in the finals playing against a Plow deck, but... It does seem like there's there's obviously not death and taxes to worry about, but it does seem like plow decks have been not at a low necessarily recently, right? I mean, rug delver, obviously all the rug decks aren't plow decks and there's tons of rug decks, but mm-hmm. the decks that aren't rug do seem to have plow now. Yeah, it's it's not like it was at the like after the Legacy Pro Tour where Death Shadow kind of went in and stomped that tournament. Yeah. I just, every, I, I've been very underwhelmed by the deck. Um, every time I've, I've just seen it show up to events that I'm just kind of turned off of it by now. So Same, same for sure. But I think, uh, you know, this is the version with four Delvers, four Death Shadows, two Brazen Borrowers, two Anglers. Pretty stock version, no hymns in the main deck. But yeah, obviously... Yeah, almost identical to just like that Pro Tour version, except there's Brazen Borrower. Yeah, and no reanimates, I want to say. Yeah, but I mean, the deck was only playing, like, one reanimate, I think. Okay, true. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, basically, this is pretty much Death Shadow, and this person won ten rounds in a row before losing the finals, so people can obviously still do well with it. I wouldn't bring it before I bring Infect right now, because I just don't see a reason, but also eliminating the sideboard, I guess we should say. Yeah, that's new. You're right. Uh, third place, Elves. There was also an Elves deck in 23rd, I believe, which was the same list as this. But this is Elves with four Elvish Reclaimer, three Once Upon a Time, and an Allosaurus Shepherd in the main deck. Yeah, this seems like more like the the new sort of standard for Elves deck. I didn't think Reclaimer was going to see play as a four of an Elves, just because no, I like... No, definitely not. I didn't think of Elves as the deck that wanted that ability. Like, I think it just wanted more, like, mana-producing creatures in that spot rather than kind of, like, a beater. I no. guess it tutors for, for Guy's Cradle and and Cavern, which is which is really interesting, but I, I just I didn't see that as a 4 of in, in Elves. 
No, definitely not, man. Me neither. I'm I'm kind of surprised by it, but it's a great card, obviously. She doesn't seem to fit the game plan exactly, so I know what you're saying for sure. I guess it does allow you to like fight on a different axis. Like you're not just blanked by like a like a two two or whatever. You can yeah. you can sort of mash through. Yeah, and there are no nettle sentinels in this deck. You're right. I didn't notice that. I was trying to figure out what the switches were. I saw the symbiotes and the rangers. And there's uh there's nothing like the one of Llanowar Elf or Fintorn Elf or right. like extra mana producing creatures. So it's pretty wild, I think, you know, this this sort of development of the Elves deck. Obviously they know what they're doing if they're coming in third in this tournament, but it wasn't not the direction I would have taken the deck, so fourth place. Uh it does seem like actually going back to elves, it does seem like there's really not a premium being put on speed, right? Um. Okay. I mean, like, there's still... There's less combo than there has been, for sure. Uh, I think we're still going to see some stuff as we go through that would be like, well, you want to be fast there, and you want to be fast there. Right. But with Snowco and, and a slower version of Rug Delver, I think you're right. You can afford to be a little slower and just more resilient. Yeah. Uh, fourth place, we've got Rug Delver, just three Boring Arcanists, two Goyfs. Yeah, three Okos. 19 lands, it's Rug Delver, nothing crazy. I'm still Clothis. This card. It, it's so good, though. Like It's so hard to remove. When I'm playing the, the blue-white deck, this is... Because no one's playing True Names, this is the card that I care about. Like This is the must-counter card. Because they never turn it on, so if you don't deal with it on the stack, you have one Council's Judgment to get rid of it. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, you just lose to it. So, But, I mean, nice. isn't that true to, like, any Planeswalker? Oh, I guess I you, mean, you have Red can Blast or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Fifth place, Anurag playing this... I forget, it showed up last week and we talked about it, but it's like this Rug Stifle mid-range deck. I, I want to uh, give props to whoever created it, but I can't remember right now. It's uh, it's sort of like, you know, just Rug Delver, but with three Arcanist, three Coatl, and two Uro. So it's like the control version of Rug Delver. And then, you know, you're playing four Stifles, basically. Yeah, so, no Delver. It's, it's really weird to see four Stifle, no Delver. Yeah. Like you're, I don't know. The Stifle, obviously, it does a ton of things. But usually you see Stifle backed up with, like, a threat package. And this threat package is so slow. Yeah, it's, like, intentionally slow, you know? Yeah. You can Stifle your own Uro Sacrifice trigger. I don't know how good that Uh, is. I don't think I ever want to do that, really. Yeah. Just setting yourself up for disaster, but... Uh, I don't know, man. This deck... It does kind of speak to me in a way. Like I just, I love playing Stifle, and you're playing a lot of instant speed with this deck. Mm-hmm. So you know, you it can... does kind of play like a flash deck, and you have Ice Fang, I guess. But I would, I don't know. I, I there's probably not room for it, but Brazen Borrower seems like it would be. Yeah. Like, I don't know, kind of well positioned in the deck that plays like this. For sure. I, I don't want to say click, but the, those type of threats. Right. It's really strange to see no Snapcaster Mage. But I guess that, like, you're, uh, you're not playing a ton of stuff that you would get a ton of value from, from flashing back. Like, you have Bolt. I guess Snapcaster Stifle is kind of brutal. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, there's two Uros and three Arcanists, so you're kind of putting a lot of pressure on your graveyard. Yep. I don't know how much of that, the consideration really is that versus some other strike against Snapcaster, but... I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear what Anurag thought about playing this deck. Obviously, he did pretty well, and whoever else played the deck, I believe, 5-0'd with it. So, Sixth place, and this is a trend. I think there's three or four in the top 16 uh, Hogak decks. This is uh, Poradin playing just the Bug Hogak deck, nothing crazy. There's yep. two Putrid Imps in that flex slot, no uh, Carrion Feeders or whatever they're called. Yeah, I think there was a, like a Manalus, or was it just a regular Judge deck, too? In the top eight, yeah, there's yeah. an LED dredge deck okay. that's Basuda, I believe, in eighth place. 
And then the last deck in the top eight, we always see one is Esper Vile. Yeah. It's just the the typical list, like exa- almost exactly the seventy five I was playing of this deck. Uh, other than Baron is a new card. You were playing Charming Prince. Yeah, I was. Yeah, one. All right. I guess this is on two, but yeah, I'm just I'm. Charming Prince is nice with um. With like your recruiter, the guard chains. Mm-hmm. When you have a vial at, at a certain point, you, okay. you can do some nice stuff with Charming Prince. It, I liked having one. I don't know, two is a kind of a lot, but and a value on Earth is is pretty nice too. Uh, yeah, going on ninth place, Negator Turbo Depths. Obviously, Negator is going to be in the top sixteen. Nammer Squats with the same Hedron Crab Hogak deck in tenth. Uh, Manaman Van Turk with Rug Delver. 12th place Beekeeper with the same Hedron Crab Hogak deck. 13th place Genardi, Rug Delver. 14th place Archon with <laughs> LED Dredge. Dredge. There's 15th, a lot of graveyard stuff in this tournament. Yeah, it really is, right? 15th place Brian FTW with a. What deck is. Oh, the DAC. Uh. This is sort of like a, a rug Dak deck. It's sort of like the rug mid-range deck, but there's four Hierarchs, two Goyfs, two Uros, one Arcanist, and then three Okos and four Daks. Yeah, I was like, I was on board. I was completely on board with this list as I was reading it. Right up until I got to the right side of the deck list where it has two liquid metals coding. And yeah. I'm like, why? I understand how it interacts with Dak. Yeah. But that card literally doesn't interact with anything else in the deck, right? Not that I can think of. I mean, you can bring in, like, uh... Oh, no, I was about to say you could bring an Ancient Grudge, but there's no Ancient Grudge. I guess Collector, oof, no. But then you shut off your Liquid Metal Coating. Yeah, exactly. So, no. Okay. Yeah, I just, I thought thought that was really weird. It is really weird. I mean, it is nice. You can steal lands and shit with Dak, but... Yep. Pretty strange, man. I don't know. And no Narset either for that Dak Narset synergy. Uh, Bernard Oxa in 16th place with Esper Vile to round out the top 16. And yeah, basically stopping at the top 16, what do you think so far about this tournament, man? Not a lot of creativity. No, and it's I funny. mean, like, and Anorak's deck was like, it was kind of spicy. But other than that, it was. Dredge, Hogak, Rug Delver, and Esper Vile. And, uh, and, and yeah. I mean, that was pretty much it. Yeah, and then there's, like, the Rug mid-range to sit on the Rug Delver decks. But okay, yeah, yeah. B- yeah, basically, it's it's just that sort of dynamic, right? There's one, one snow deck, I guess. And if you keep going, I guess 17th place, not really fair, because 17th place was a Yo Ryan Aluren deck. That, that did have some cards that we haven't really seen recently and another plow deck. But basically, it's just funny because we've seen a lot of challenges and we haven't really discussed a lot of normal challenges recently, but we see a lot of crazy decks in the challenges. But when it comes to the showcase challenge, it's like everybody moves to what they consider to be the serious decks, right? And there's a lot more Hogak in the showcase challenges that we've seen than in the regular challenges. And Hogak is a really tough deck to beat, man. It's kind of, in my mind, it kind of occupies that four-color Loam spot now, where I used to be very frustrated playing against Loam, even though it wasn't, like, the worst matchup or anything. It just spread you very thin uh, in post-board games because of, of Chalice, the the chalice angle but then also the being able to go over you mid-range angle and this deck kind of does the same thing like the hogak deck because it can win through through just damage just vengevine beats right or it can win with the uh bridge from below plan or the altar of dementia mill you out plan Mm -hmm. so something like ensnaring bridge or mo or peacekeeper or whatever can't really stop it right or surgical extraction, even. They, they yeah, I mean, like, Leyline of the Void. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Leyline of the Void is, is the best thing for stopping it. But they do play, usually, like, at least two Assassin's Trophies in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. 
expecting ley lines, but yeah, and that, the, that's the obviously like the graveyard hate that they're looking to to dodge the most. But yeah. the rugged decks are obviously playing surgical extraction and surgical. While it's not bad against the dredge decks, it's not as good as rest in peace with the other versions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go with like cage or rip, then they're just going to decay it. Like yep. they, they're always going to have decay the Hogak deck. So it's a uh, it's kind of a tough spot, man. Uh, I've I've definitely lost to Hogak quite a bit from from decks where I should I feel like I should be having a positive matchup. So. I think a lot of people do respect the power of the deck, maybe just don't enjoy playing it as much in the regular challenges. And the same could probably be said for LED Dredge, you know? And when if Rug Delver is going to be the Delver deck of choice, then the Graveyard Haze is going to be pretty bad. Yeah, no, I hear you. So yeah, I guess it is kind of is what we thought. I wanted to mention, I guess, real quick, 21st place was a blue-red Delver deck with Ethereal Forager and two true names. And 27th place was an actual Stoneblade deck, bro. But a Stoneblade deck with no JIT. What do you think yeah, about that? Yeah, I, um, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. I like JIT. I like JIT too much to cut it. I, um, I just like, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? I think this is the right thing to do. I mean, the gist is still on the sideboard. We should have, but basically, this there's batter skull, sort of feast and famine, and sort of fire and ice in the main deck. Mm-hmm. And jit is just kind of weak right now. I mean, it can still take care of delvers, but it's it's as slow as it's ever been. There's not mother of runes uh, out of death and taxes to worry about. There are still the esper vile decks where you, you'd want jit, mm-hmm. and there are still the elves decks where you'd want jit. But we're not seeing anywhere near the number of death and taxes. We're not seeing Young Pyromancer, we're seeing Dreadhorde Arcanist, and, and Jit is really bad at taking care of Dreadhorde Arcanist. So Okay. It's I uh, mean, Yeah, it's it's like one turn later. Um one turn later than you would want it to be, right? Right. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know, man. It kinda makes sense to me. And Feast and Famine is good for all the reasons that we talked about last week. Maybe not so much in this deck where you're not casting big sharks, but I, I do kind of want to try Stoneforge out because what I was thinking about, like looking at this challenge, looking at the top 16, and you, you kind of have a feel for you know what this tournament was like looking at the top 16. How would you attack this meta, right? And I would want to be playing a plow deck for sure, like a four plow deck. And I don't hate the idea of playing just straight blue-white Stoneforge right now, and I'm going to try it this week. Yeah, I mean, Swords to Plowshare seems good. You obviously have like a very solid mana base and in blue spell suite. That that creature base, though, oh man, it just looks that looks like straight out of 2014, 2015. Maybe not the Jace's Vrin's Prodigy, but like the actual the actual four cost Venser and a couple of clicks. Just like I don't know. I'm definitely not playing Jace Vrin's Prodigy <laughs> for the record. Yeah. But yeah, I feel you. There are ten cantrips in this deck, two preordains, which I'm not the biggest fan of. But yeah, you. I mean, you can like you can cut two of those. You can cut one ponder to play three ponder. Um, I didn't know where I was going with that. I just wanted to make that joke. <laughs> Bro, there's also like no chalice in this tournament. There's nineteenth place is a uh, like a stompy post deck. Mm-hmm. And twenty second place is a Bomberman deck, and that's all the chalices. Yeah, well, um, there was a oh, this Eldrazi deck doesn't have chalice, huh? It's the big no. Eldrazi. Yeah. Um, I was about to say we we went through a period where like a month, a month and a half ago, the just like straight up Eldrazi Stompy seemed like it was actually doing well. And I don't know with all of these these sorts of Plashos decks, I I, I would think. That that still wouldn't be the worst, but I mean they just didn't show up in this tournament. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I I don't really know what to think about that. To tell you the truth, like where where all the chalice decks went. I don't think that. I mean, I guess that the bigger rug delver or the bigger rug sort of mid range decks that we're seeing. I, I think there's like four of them total in this top thirty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, are a little bit of a worse matchup for them, but still not like awful matchup 
Right. I, I would I would think that obviously they're a little bit better than the straight like aggro-ish version of Rug Delver. But or the snow I, deck. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't I still wouldn't think that it was a good matchup. Maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe Oko just completely slants that matchup in the other direction. And uh, and they don't have to worry about Chalice as much. So I'm open to being wrong about that, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. But no, trying to figure out a way to attack this meta now that I'm actually jumping back in mm-hmm. has been interesting, man. Like, because I, I don't really feel like there's. Between the efficiency of Rug Delver and the sort of uh, scariness, like, you know, graveyard shenanigans that are going on like the spreading you thin like the hogak deck or the speed of led dredge yeah i just want to be playing a deck with very good graveyard cards and with source of plowshares and with pretty good mana so i don't really want to go into three colors like an esper bant direction yep and i'm just sick of playing snow decks so i and and the shark deck too i'm i i'm have been kind of underwhelmed honestly with with the shark deck. Like, I kind of like the idea of playing one shark typhoon just because the card's so good. Yeah. But I I didn't do... I lost, like, 100 rating points playing that shark deck, even though the generous Moto League prizes now, I didn't actually, like, lose any tickets or anything, so I didn't realize how bad I was doing. Yeah, I, but, I mean, I... Obviously, there were people that were doing really well with that deck. Yeah. But it, it never really got out of, like, meme status for me. <laughs> I but I was sort of out of touch with it for a while, so that's uh, yeah, yeah, bro. So what what suggestions would you make for playing blue white right now? Like, what do you think about like click borrower that sort of thing? Um, so I in the in the threat version, like if I was trying to rework this uh, the deck that finished in twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. I would uh, I'd probably keep the ten cantrips. Um, I wouldn't cut the preordains. I think that the stability of that uh, would kind of make me want to um, want to play the deck more. I think that maybe uh, you can try to find room for uh, for another force of negation. I think dropping the Jace Prince Prodigy for a second force of negation might make sense. Um, yeah. The mana base looks fine. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't play the Venser. I might play another Narset and bump the Planeswalker count to six. Right. So um, the three true names probably seems like the right call to me. And uh, the equipment package, uh, I if I was going to start building it right now, I'd just probably have to learn my lesson. I'd move the Feast and Famine to the sideboard and put it in the main deck. But uh, it's probably the right call to have Feast of Famine now with... Um, I mean, it's not it's not even that good against Hogak though, right? Because then they just get to discard yeah. what they want to. Right. So I uh, uh, having having a creature that can't get Okoed immediately would be nice, but you're just going to get this Okoed. I I don't know. I play Jit. I think. <laughs> yeah, I almost want two Batter Skulls. I mean, I, I feel like that. In the main deck, two batter skulls might be might be overkilling it because drawing a batter skull is still like it's a really bad feeling. Yeah. Um. But an extra batter skull on the sideboard for the matchups where like they're going to be bringing an artifact removal and that's the card that you definitely want to stick. Yeah. I, I can get behind that for sure. Um. And I think in the sideboard, oh, this is back to basics here already. Never mind. I was about to make a comment about back to basics. So. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this is... maybe play some number of battling mage uh, main deck in place of the Jace and the Venser. Maybe maybe something along those lines. Yeah, that's one way to go. The way that I was thinking was actually to have a supreme verdict in the main deck, like just you know going down on creatures. So cut how like how many are you going to cut out of thirteen? <sighs> one, two, three, four, four. I guess the Jace, the Clicks, and the Venser. Yeah. Okay. All right, I can see that. And then, like, increasing your Planeswalker count as well. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, go up a Narset and then cut those four creatures and put in a Supreme Verdict in the main deck. I, I like the feel of that, but I don't know, man. It's going to be it's gonna be a learning experience playing this week, like, you know, seeing how the deck feels. Because obviously nobody's been playing this deck for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And people had to have had their reasons for stopping right so how does how does this deck feel right now against stuff like 
uh, Ice Fang Coatl or, you know, whatever you're up against. Am, am I just being outclassed? Like, I feel like going all in on True Name as the threat still isn't a bad idea. Like, we're not seeing many Council's Judgments in this tournament, right? And we're seeing less um, Plague Engineers than we have been in a really long time. Exactly. So can this stand toe-toe with Esper Vile is the question, I guess. I mean, probably not. Sticking a vial would just be like, lights out. Yeah, it does seem that way. You have, even after sideboard, you only have one way of removing a resolved vial. It's well, one council's judgment. You have a couple of containment priests, too. Uh, okay, sure. Okay, you're right. You're right. But you are it's, right. Not, it's still not great, though. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I would think the, the vial deck would just sort of body this deck. But me, me that's, too. that's just with no experience at all with it. No, nah, I feel you, bro. That that's my feeling as well, and I do I do like your suggestion of going up a force negation. I don't like that there's no actual like hard counter spells in this deck, so I think I would play like one counter spell too to start. Okay, but yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. I guess you could also just like I don't know. You could play Delver. <laughs> you could do you could do that. I could. I don't know, man. I I don't. I'm not, like, playing to accumulate tickets or anything at this point. Yep. So, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I would really be enjoying myself, you know? I got you. You don't have a, you're not a WAP over it. <laughs> you, you don't have a WAP. I learned what a WAP was this week. Oh, okay. I thought you were making a der, uh, derogative, derogatory. Italian, episode. oh, about the Italian sausages? No. Yeah, I'm definitely no, no, no. a WAP. Bro, speaking of which, I had, thank you, I should have said this at the onset of the episode, I forgot. Thank you to the, at least four people who reached out to me about Cleveland, either because they <laughs> live here now, or they used to live here. And my fellow meds, my, my WAP guinea brothers, reached out to tell me where I can buy Italian sausage. Uh, they directed me to Little Italy, or different neighborhoods around here where I could uh, get all the Italian sausage my heart desired. And we spent a lot of time in Little Italy this weekend. It was a good time. And, yeah, thank you to everyone who reached out to me to show me the ropes. And uh, really appreciate it. Outstanding. And, yeah, anything else, bro? Oh, the Discord wants to know when the tokens are coming out. <laughs> next week, bro. They're getting <laughs> that next week for sure. I'll let them know. I'll let them know. All right, man. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap.